The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. To start the show today, as you know, we've woke up to the news that Gord Downey, the frontman of the Tragically Hip, passed away from brain cancer overnight. He was 53 years of age, and there has been an outpouring of uh, grief, of sympathy, of memories right across this country since the news broke this morning. Yeah, news that we were expecting, of course, but it doesn't mean it doesn't uh, impact mm-hmm. you in some way when you hear it because the tragically hit probably more so than any other band um is canada's band and i say that i know some are bigger fans than others some are not fans at all but they're a band whose fame was all in canada they never gained any kind of notoriety anywhere outside of the country um and in interviews i've seen with downey he was okay with that it, it was they had made efforts to get into U.S. market, the more lucrative U.S. market, but uh, till the end, they if they played outside of Canada, mm-hmm. they played very small venues, very intimate bar type venues, and uh, while at the same time selling out arenas in Canada, it was a weird, it was a weird situation. He passed away, surrounded by his children, his family, according to a statement on the band's website, which read, "Gord knew that this day was coming. His response." was to spend this precious time as he always had, making music, making memories, and expressing deep gratitude to his family and his friends for a life well-lived, often often sealing it with a kiss on the lips. Uh, we learned that he was sick last year, May 24th of last year, and it was, it was interesting at that point, too, because at that same time, the rest of the group, the band, said that they were going to head out on a final summer tour for Gord, for all of us, uh, that final concert in the Man Machine Poem Tour, which was held in Kingston on August 20th uh, of uh, 2016, was broadcast by the CBC. And remember watching it and certainly seeing that last song and, and watching as it went from, you know, the Horseshoe Tavern to Bob Cage and to downtown Kingston to the concert venue and listening to him those screams at the end mm-hmm. and it's still even just talking about it. it kind of brings little tears to my eyes it was it was very very powerful but Gord Downey was very very powerful um I think in his in in his music in his words and they could be gentle words but they were powerful words he was really a, a poet you know oh, some yeah. people have said he's you know Canada's Bob Dylan yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I hadn't heard that before, but that's a fair assessment. And that CBC special that you're talking about, a broadcast, uh, what, that final one reached 11.7 million people yeah. watched that. And, and I found it interesting, 
as uh, the parent of millennials, is that the name for yeah. them? That they, I know that they took an interest in the Tragically Hip at that time where they hadn't previously um, because everybody in our generation was making a big deal about it, rightfully so. And both of them asked me, well, name some Tragically Hip tunes then, listen to them. Yeah. It was like they, they garnered this whole new audience at the very end. And that's the funny thing, too. I know I listened to Ryan's show this morning. I know during orders now there was people calling in with their um, tragically hip story. Um, and, and I think the reason for that is because they were so well-known in Canada and because they almost toured exclusively in Canada, you must have a tragically hip story. You must have seen them in concert. You must have run into them at the airport. Yeah. You had to have seen them at a bar or a university campus when they first started. Um, I opened for them in Ontario so many years mm -hmm. ago and uh, it was just funny because the two things out of that were my decision to never open for a band again <laughs> <laughs> but also just hanging back in the green room uh you wouldn't have been able and i was not a tragically hip fan you wouldn't uh, have been able to um discern roadie from band yeah just a bunch of regular guys sitting around drinking canadian you know, um you know formed at queen's university in kingston way back when and uh, went on to, you know, starting at all those little pubs, at campus pubs yeah. and that sort of stuff. University and, of Lethbridge, I saw them. And that's where I first heard about them, Confederation College in Thunder Bay, Ontario. <laughs> and th yeah. Thunder Bay, of all places. Think about this, though. Um, Thunder Bay is a stop between southern Ontario and Winnipeg. Yeah. So, for the most part, you, they, most bands didn't stop in Sault Ste. Marie, but they would stop in Thunder Bay. And there was a bar in Thunder Bay called Crocs and Rolls. Um, <laughs> and it shut down for a while but it's back uh, open again and the bands that have gone through there and gone on to do great great things is incredible mm -hmm. you go in and you look at the walls and the signatures on the walls and it's a it's a who's who of of canadian music and in some cases north american music i remember seeing big sugar in there way back when yeah. way back when when gordy was wearing hugo boss and had a you know a clean shaven haircut and smoking cigars and that tells you something but the the hip used to play there all the time whenever they came through and when I was in college, I remember the guys, a lot of the guys in the res saying, oh, yeah, no, we got to go to Crocs tonight. We've got to go to Crocs and Rolls. Yeah, the hip's playing, the hip's playing. And I never went to see them. And I'll be honest with you. Oh, really? Um, no, I, I, I was not a... I was not a tragically hip fan in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, in the 90s, I was listening to a whole different genre of music. You got to think it was, you know, dance music. It was, you know, CeCe Beniston. It was, you know, Clarence Carter. It was stuff that you'd go dancing to, not the hip. And it wasn't until probably about five, six years later when my brother started university at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay, and he loved the hip, started listening to the hip more and more with him. And started to get a different sense of the music and the lyrics and the stories that were being told and that appreciation grew and grew and grew and and when you look at it i think it was um one of the music uh, folks this morning that said really you could offer a course on canadian history through <laughs> tragically hip lyrics yeah that's fair um, too yeah and when bob cage and i started we started the show this morning with bob cage and bob cage is my probably one of my favorite uh tragically hip 
tunes for different reason than maybe other people. When I was a kid, my, my grandparents used to take us to Bob Cajun. So it re reminds me of a, of a special time uh, at, at that point. But a lot of folks sharing their memories today, and we're asking you to do the same thing. At 630-630, you can text us, 4960063. I've got a friend who saw the hit probably close to 20 times. I know someone texted in this morning to Jespo's show. They had seen the hip almost 30 times <laughs> really 30 times and you know my friend johnny said oh yeah some back-to-back shows in kirkland lake kirkland lake who goes to kirkland lake well the hip did <laughs> um and yeah here it is right now says the content of the lyrics was so canadian as well gord's lyrics will be in the textbooks about canadian history if they're not already oh the conversation that gordy and stewart are having right now um Someone says the tragically hit vastly overrated as evidence of their lack of success in any country that the CRTC did not mandate a certain amount of Canadian content. The radio stations played them so much because they had to. They were mediocre at best. Why is everyone making Downey out to be some sort of larger than life superhuman saint? How inappropriate and, and rude today. That is, you know, you know, inappropriate and rude, but that is your Sure. thoughts and your belief and again um i have a lot today, of respect though, is today that is yeah. in that text um you know again i may not be their biggest fan mm -hmm. but i appreciate their music i appreciate the stories that were told and the attention that has been drawn to issues through their music and i certainly appreciate um what Gord Downey has done uh, outside of his music mm -hmm. as well, drawing attention to um, uh, the concerns, the plight of the uh, Indigenous people, Native people uh, across the country, had very close relationship um, with them. He was um, awarded, uh, um, uh, he was, what did he have? there was a ceremony and he was, do you remember that? It was last year, there was a ceremony and with the feather yep. and everything like that, very, very powerful. Um, and, you know, very, committed to the environment and we've heard that throughout the day as well i always thought you know i interviewed them <laughs> i interviewed the band years back in thunder bay didn't interview gord he wasn't there but i interviewed the rest of the band and it was possibly the weirdest oddest interview oh, so? ever it was one of those interviews where you sit down and you're you're asking what you think are great questions and you're thinking okay that went well until you get back to the studio and you're looking at the tape going i'm not sure i understood any of that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i understood any of that uh music writer and host of the ongoing history of new music with uh chorus radio alan cross has had an incredibly busy day today uh alan joins us on the station this afternoon alan we knew this day was coming but a huge kick in the gut for so many people you know not too long ago heard that he was releasing a solo album thought oh my gosh he must be doing okay obviously that wasn't the case no the it turns out that the album was finished in february mm -hmm. i thought exactly the same thing when the, the announcement came out on the 27th of, of september it's like oh well, i guess i guess we can kick this can down the road a little bit more gord must be fine if he if he's got the strength to record a new album um i i, I guess i guess we're okay <laughs> but then you dig into the story a little bit more and you realize that no he was well, there's been radio silence basically since yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. since February. So, again, when the news came out this morning, it wasn't it wasn't unexpected, but it was certainly still a kick in the gut. And I think you know we I think we are under just so much denial, so much denial, um, because of everything that you said. They 
the day that we got the announcement of Gord's brain cancer was also the day they announced the Man Machine Tour. And that whole summer was Canada losing its mind um, uh, over over this tour. And, you know, how bad could it be? Gord was, he was fine. He was on stage. He was yeah. being Gord. And then after the sh- that was over, he went right into his Secret Path project mm-hmm. with the documentary and the album. And he played a couple of shows. And he had shown up uh, in a variety of places to do interviews on TV and in print. He looked a little rough, but he seemed to be reasonably okay. He showed up to get his Order of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And then the album came out. I was like, okay, everything's okay then, right? <laughs> well, no. No. Again, we have a collective denial. That's... Uh, what our situation was. You know, I wanted to ask about their appearance on SNL, but before I do, um, this last tour that they did, uh, that Gordaddy did with uh, the Tragically Hip, am I not correct that uh, he didn't really like touring? I don't know. I mean, after a while, I think all, ba- all bands get really, really <laughs> tired of, of touring um, simply because it's such a grind. I know he and... described it as grunt work at one point. Well, he, he once said that the, the Tragically Hip is kind of like a convertible, a, a classic convertible that you put in the garage, and you drive it only on special occasions. Because <laughs> the band had worked so hard for so many years. And all these guys were family men. And yes. they, didn't, they didn't like the grind. Nobody likes the grind of being on the road. And I guess I guess that's time. my point. That's I guess that's what I'm asking, that... It's it's not a criticism. It's a tribute that the, you know, that the concert grind, uh, being out there and doing live concerts at a time when um, Downey's health was not uh, at its peak, I think speaks volumes for him and the band that he wanted to take that music out to the to the country one last time. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things that maybe we'll start hearing about again. The band. Gord, management, record labels, all very private, all very protective of Gord in their personal space. And it was obviously a very sensitive time when you have somebody with a terminal disease. Now, I think, I'm hoping we may get some of the, the, the background on the whole thing. Because we don't, we know precious little about so many things involving, involving uh, you know, Gord's last year and a half. Only what they allowed us to mm-hmm. listen to. Only what they allowed us to hear. So now the the big thing is that we are collectively going to um, have our um, uh, the legacy is going to be written by 36 million Canadians over the next uh, over the next coming years. Alan, and that was I know you have to get going. You've got back to back interviews throughout the day, but uh, I saw someone write today. Not only have we lost Gordon Down Down, we also lose the tragically hip from seeing them and the band play together in the future. You touched on legacy. My final question is, what will that legacy be in your mind? Just, in our mind, I think we're going to think of Gord as a Canada's history teacher. Mm. Our history teacher, our geography teacher, our sociology teacher, mm-hmm. professor, uh, and somebody who is uh, a champion for some of the the more important things, such as Indigenous peoples, the environment, and Canadian culture in general. Mm. Alan Cross, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it. Oh, you're very well. All right, take care now. That's Alan Cross joining us this afternoon. He's a music writer, a host of the ongoing history of new music on Chorus Radio. He's been... You know, back-to-back interviews sure. all day today, and he had uh, he talked about a story earlier today. When you talk about uh, you know what he was, what Gordon Downey was like in real person, because you saw him on stage, he was quirky, he was mm-hmm. flailing all over the place, and just seemed like a bit of a odd duck. Um, but he had told a story about 
Alan had called him. He had an interview arranged and said, you know, I'm running late. I'm, I'm running late. Um, can you give me a few minutes? And he's like, yeah, no problem. Gordon Downey was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem at all. No rush. Don't worry about it. Hey, I'm going over to Starbucks. Going to grab a coffee. Do you want one? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll have a latte medium foam. And next thing you know, he's sitting down with Gordon Downey mm-hmm. after he's running late with the coffee that, you know, he bought him. He's like, oh, you know, can I give you the five bucks or whatever? No, don't worry about it. You know, just, just kind of chill. And I, mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting, you know, what Alan said about how they were very protective of uh, his 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 space and what information uh, was let out and how much, you know, came in and out. And how lucky that is to happen because in other places around the world, depending on who it is, that doesn't happen necessarily For so sure. much. For and sure. to be able to have some of that dignity in your final days. It's 222. We'll continue after this. Go to the 2.30 News with Eileen Bell. Global's Mike Drolet put together a look back on the life of Gord Downey. We leave you with that as we head into the 2.30 News. Gord Downey was born to command the stage. He started playing university bars in his hometown of Kingston with a band he formed with some friends called the Tragically Hip. Spring starts when our heartbeats pound They played bluesy rock, and they were good. But it was Downey that drove the band with his kinetic performances and profoundly Canadian lyrics. Gord is one of the guys that made it okay to name-check Canada. Up to Here was the band's first full album in 1989. Downey's lyrics were powerful, poetic. And over the years, he wrote songs that would become Canadian anthems. And a lot of these songs just have had such incredible impact on Canadians. They always will. Downey's Canadiana resonated with the band's loyal following, too loyal at times. When the band tried to break through in the US or Europe, fans from Canada would invariably fill the audience. It seemed as though they didn't want to share his unique genius with the world. In 2015, he was home for Christmas in Kingston when he suffered a seizure. Walking down the street. The diagnosis was grim. He had brain cancer. Gord Downey's brain tumor is incurable. Surgery and chemotherapy shrunk the tumor, giving him time, but the side effects were significant. He began to forget the names of his children, his lyrics. He had to write things down on his hands, but it didn't stop him from making music. I'm a stranger. In 2016, he released his last solo project. The Secret Path was about a First Nations boy who died from hunger and exposure, trying to escape from a residential school in the 1960s. They wanted to change us. It's a remarkably dark and tragic story, and it hit an emotional chord in Downey. Sadly, it would be his last significant release. But that summer, he hit the road again with the hip. That tour would go from coast to coast, sold out arenas at every stop, Fetting Downey and the band he helped put on the map. The last show of the tour, fittingly, was back in the city where it all began. This is a, a night where all of Canada is descending on Kingston. And that's where the heart started. The show was broadcast across the country. One in three Canadians watched it, or rather, Downey, strutting around in his shiny suit and fedora. You are the Poet, singer, showman and Canadian to the core. Microlight Global News. 
Engaging Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. The blue on the street, loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so it danced the sidewalk clean. Is muddy, what's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim. New Orleans is sinking, probably I hit the wrong button. New Orleans is sinking. By the hip, probably one of their most uh, famous songs. Always a good one to uh, get the crowds dancing at a bar. Uh, we will continue to reflect on Gord Downey today. The uh, the loss of him, the frontman for the uh, tragically hip, the age of 53, passed away. Uh, brain cancer. Also want to let you know we're we're learning more details about the. The firefighter that was killed in Cypress County battling those wildfires in southeastern Alberta. Man, yesterday, just absolutely unreal to see those fires pick up. The winds pick up, the um, semis flipped over, the rail cars flipped over, and unfortunately, a loss of life. Yeah, James uh, Hargrave, a firefighter who died uh, while battling those uh, blazes, he died actually in a uh, collision between the water truck that Mm -hmm. he was driving and a pickup truck. Uh, both vehicles, I believe, involved in uh, firefighting efforts. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, uh, as we watched the Oilers game last night, uh, saw word of a derailment, then another derailment, uh, and then started seeing pictures on Twitter of trucks blown over. And uh, it's not unusual in these high winds that empty trucks, particularly in really southern mm-hmm. Alberta, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking, ju- you know, between Lethbridge and mm-hmm. Calgary, there's a there's a highway there that uh, is notorious, but some of these trucks were blown off the highway on Highway 2, and that's more rare. Not unheard of, but quite rare. And then, as you mentioned, those uh, the flames were fanned by... Uh, those just huge oh. winds, well over 100K an hour. And, you know, we thought it was bad here. What The top ones here in Edmonton, 80, 90 kilometers an hour, I, I think that's what the number that's was. Right. Um, well, certainly that's what it was recorded um, at, the, at the airport. But boy, oh boy, just unreal. Exactly. And if you've been caught, if you've been caught in those strong winds down in southern Alberta, and I suspect uh, many of you have, maybe you've lived down there, you've been traveling through, it's scary as you yeah. know what. It is... It's actually terrifying. Should probably update people on the wildfire status as a result of those winds. Uh, the Alberta government said this morning, this was as of 10 a.m. this morning, uh, four states of local emergency still in effect across mm-hmm. the province. Uh, Medicine Hat, Wheatland County, and uh, Municipal District of Acadia. Also, uh, Municipality of Crow's Nest Pass, where an evacuation order remains in effect uh, as a result of an out-of-control wildfire burning near Coleman. Uh, two barns and two outbuildings were uh, confirmed to have lost in the fire, and the local fish hatchery also sustained uh, substantial damage. 
Uh, what was it like at your place? I know um, <laughs> we had our, our fireplaces worked on the other day, and all of a sudden the, the bad flapping noise mm. wasn't near as bad. So uh, thank, thank you, Mr. Fireplace Repair Guy, because we were able to actually sleep uh, last night. But man, oh man, so uh, a tiny little thing in the in the uh, the grand scheme of things when you're looking at people, you know, fleeing their homes and that a life was lost. Uh, Mr. Hargraves was a father, um, a husband, children. Uh, the statement goes on to say he was a great father, will be dearly missed by his wife, children, extended family, friends, neighbors, and fellow first responders. And you think, oh my gosh, uh, you know, volunteer firefighters. Exactly. These, I was going to say a volunteer you know, let's, firefighter. You know, these are, these are guys and gals who, who step in. Um, it's not their, you know, not their full-time job, but they're willing to, to be there and to, to help out and go right into the thick of things. Um, and um, losing, losing a life in the line of duty. For sure. You mentioned uh, what was it like at your house. At our house, we have one side of our house that in any high wind, Mm -hmm. the siding all blows and moves and I don't know what it takes. I don't know how they construct uh, siding on houses these days, but there's little holes for nails Mm -hmm. that there's never any nails in. (laughs) So I assume that uh, if they do the complete job, they actually tack it down. But uh, routinely, I'll go out probably tomorrow morning and just... Put everything yeah. back in place again. Yeah, put all the patio furniture back together again. That was everything. all gone, thankfully. Oh, yeah, not ours. Ours is um, spread across the the, uh, the yard now. Really? We actually, I think we're up uh, a couple of bucks because somebody's <laughs> uh, green bag full of uh, bottles. Bottles. Yeah, it came blowing across the fence and is in our backyard. I, I know it's not ours. We're, we're searching for garbage cans. It was garbage day in our oh, neighborhood no way, yesterday. Really? Yeah, so a little tricky. I saw one uh, blown up against the fence. I'm like, I don't know whose that is. You need to put your name on those darn things. Hey, Jed, how are things at your place? Hey, guys. Uh, yesterday we were talking, and I was telling you about the winds on uh, the 41st Ave overpass going in number two. And I'll tell you, it even picked up more than that as I went around the hand day back around to the north side. But I, I always remember it reminded me of Katrina. I remember sleeping there one night, and I was in between two transport trucks, and a BFI bin went blowing by in the air. Wow. That's the kind of winds that it reminded me of yesterday, the way the trees were sort of blowing across. But it, know, it's, it's, it's funny, eh? The way, when, when, it's funny because when you hear uh, thunderstorm warnings, wind warnings, mm-hmm. uh, snowfall warnings, you hear these warnings, and then you think, well, is it going to materialize, and will I actually see something, and right? Then, yeah. And then when it does, I mean, that's the reason for warnings, because the conditions exist, and there's well, no guarantee. Well, they canceled right? the truck down to Calgary last night from our place, and uh, huh. they, they just said, no, he ain't going. So, yeah, and, uh, well, when the wind is blowing rail cars mm-hmm. off, off, the of, off the track, yep. that's something. Yep. Okay, guys, everybody be safe out there, and uh, thanks for all your input on this. Yeah, thanks, Jed. Take it okay, easy take now. Care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We lost a rain barrel, but got a new garbage can, says <laughs> so That must be Sean from Lloyd Minster. Uh, yeah, picture last night's wind, no triple that, Cat 5 hurricane. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, driving home, I had an appointment last night, and by the time I got home, I think it was 8 o'clock, stopped by the mailbox and opened the car door, and I thought the cord, the, the door was just going to go flying right off the hinge. But it was just one of those creepy, kind of scary nights. Big wind, dark, I don't know, just yeah. eerie feeling. It was uh, like I, a Halloween night, that it should be Halloween night, lesser the wind. I, I uh, took off last night uh, during the hockey game between periods to go grab something. Um, uh, pizza? No, I get that delivered. Um but a bunch of cars on uh, Twilliger. So I, I wasn't going far, just right around the corner from my house. 
uh, you know how your brain uh, works or doesn't work sometimes? I'm, you know, I'm always looking ahead at cars and mm-hmm. seeing if they're distracted or signaling or, you know, because I like to anger myself. And at some point, I saw three what I believe to be distracted drivers all sort of coast to one side. Mm. And my brain was like, oh, look at that, three distracted drivers at the same time. And then I thought... No, that was three drivers that actually had a wind gust hit them at the same... Because there's no way they were all distracted and all went to the left at the same time. But it was really quite something to see. And that's within the city where, mm-hmm. you know, the winds were probably not as bad, obviously, as they were out in the country but or out on the highway. But, yeah, there was some gusts last night that were quite something. Enough to, enough to, as you say, it made for a sort of an eerie... It was just an eerie night. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I described when I got home. It was just, ugh, didn't like that. To the best of my knowledge, I looked at those uh, two derailments in Alberta. I looked at um, the uh, trucks that were knocked over on Highway 2. To the best of my knowledge, no fatalities with the exception of the firefighter um, down in southern Alberta, which is a blessing. Um, you know, particularly just given, like I say, how strong those mm-hmm. winds were. Uh, do you ever think about that when you're on the highway and it's windy and you're passing a truck? Absolutely. Yeah. We got caught in one of those big wind storms down, uh, coming back from Leth, yeah, Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the provincial high school champions when Harry Ainley last won, won the the whatever tier, whatever championship. So we were driving back after the boys had won the game the night before. And I'd never, ever seen winds like that. I have never, ever been in winds like that. And it was, uh, you know, you're coming up, all, all the rigs are pulled over to one side. Um, and, you know, the, the lights are flashing. And we stopped at the gas station somewhere. And we're like, I'm not sure if we should just stop and wait this out or keep on going. Mm-hmm. That's how dangerous it felt. Yeah, I, I wondered about that particular lane of traffic. because Back when I used to work for Arnold Brothers, we would send empty trucks down Lethbridge and Tabor. So Hostess uh, Potato Chips and I can't remember the other customer. Um, many truck drivers who were familiar with that lane would not go on super windy days uh, for that very reason, that they would literally get blown off the highway on a regular basis. Yeah. And even that loaded up uh, trailer on the way back, chips are not that heavy. <laughs> yeah, no. It's <laughs> so mostly air in those bags, exactly. right? yeah. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Sandy says, uh, shortest Halloween ever. My husband put up some spooky fencing and about seven of our inflatables on the weekend. By yesterday evening, they were all over and had to be dismantled. Oh, my. And then someone says, New Orleans during Katrina. I'm thinking Fort McLeod most days. Yeah, for Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And hey, a little information on siding. A siding guy once told me, Danielle says, that those holes aren't for extra nails. They're for drainage and ventilation Mm. so the moisture doesn't build up. Well, I learned something. Thank you. Uh, This one, my Subaru Outback had a hard time staying on the road going west yesterday to Jasper. The car was wildly swaying back and forth. And all that wind and the leaves are still on my trees. Ugh. Saw a neighbor last night uh, with a leaf blower. Oh, don't get me going on this. (laughs) I know, and I was just, really? Do you think you need a leaf blower? Well, this this is a fun, no, funny story. Here's on on Sunday morning, our next door neighbors, they have a a crew to come in and do their yard. Okay. And neighbors, if you're listening right now, we've we've talked about this. It's good to go. So we're sitting there watching the yard crew blow the leaves from under their trees into our backyard. <laughs> You've got to assume they come. 
they come back afterwards and clean mm. those up. Really? So That's um, like me throwing dog poop over the that's fence. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so I actually went over to one of the, the women on the crew, and I said, yeah, that can happen. You guys are going to need to come over and, and clean that up. And in the meantime, I had texted our neighbor. I'm like, yep, your ground crew is doing this. Actually, I was about to go over and just pick up all the leaves and just dump it back over. And it was not a big deal. It was taken Mm -hmm. care of. It was fine. I've got great neighbors on both sides. But it was just one of those, in what kind of world... Do you think that, you know, that that's okay to do? I get it's first world problems, but they need permission from us mm-hmm. to come into our yard. Yeah, so no, they for couldn't, sure. So they couldn't do it otherwise. It, it, well, like, as long as... Doing? Right. Now, nobody, nobody texts first world problems because we live in a first world, right? We know it is. I, I've got a small first world problem. Do you want to take a bri- break and tell me about it? It's real quick. Okay. You know how I get a company to put my lights up? <laughs> Your Christmas lights? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They put them up October 1st. Which nobody wants that, but I'm assuming assuming they're busy, so you know they're trying to get it done or whatever. And so I plugged them in, and there's one burnt out. Mm. And so I wrote them and said, "Hey, thanks for putting the lights up, but there's one burnt out, and I don't have the lights that mm-hmm. they have, so I can't replace it myself." And and two what two and a half weeks later, I get an email back. Thank you for your interest in having us come decorate your home. Somebody will be in touch with you. Did shortly. you call? The, can you call them? Do they have a number? No, I, I suppose I could. I keep forgetting yeah. about it till I'm here for some reason. I think it's amusing that you've turned your Christmas lights on this early. Well, they were left plugged in, which you're, made my wife lose her mind. You're that neighbor who I got know. the Christmas lights on already. I know. That's right. Uh, high regarding holiday lights being on. This week is Diwali, the festival of lights. Most East Indians will light up their houses during this time. Please be understanding. Yeah, I'm okay with anybody lighting up their house, but I'm not East Indian, so nor is my wife, and she was quite upset. But she, she was embarrassed, probably. She was, because she didn't know they were on, so I don't even know, I don't even think she knew that they had been installed. I, I mm-hmm. arranged it, um, as they do every year, and they had shown up, and they had plugged them all in, and there was a timer on it. So we were downstairs watching television until, um, like, after midnight, mm-hmm. and then we came up, <laughs> and you see that glow of Christmas lights, and my wife... And you know, there's you can lie and maybe avoid an argument, or you can just tell the truth. And but she's like, "Have those been on all night?" And I wanted to say, "No, I just turned them on," but that would have been a lie. And I went, "Well, yeah, no, we're not going to be those people that've got Christmas lights on in October." So, what do you think about houses that change their regular outside lights for to a light, red light to red light or green lights? Um, do you mean in that little porch light? Yeah, in the porch, like so. Yeah, like around the, the garage. So, yeah, the, the porch lights or something And like that. that's all they do? Well, they might add decorations. Yeah, I, I don't know why you're asking because that's, I'm okay with that. Although, you know, a red light outside I of I know. A, right. That's but sort red of and a, green. Yeah. That's always had a different meaning to yeah. me. But, um, so, Coach has bought red and green lights that, go, that would go into the four big lights outside of the house. Okay. Well, that's good. Never got around to doing it last year, but as we were cleaning up the garage on the weekend, we found them. He's like, oh, we'll have to put them up this year, and I'm still not, like, 100% no, sure No, I think it. you're okay. Now, do you put other lights up? I know you decorate the inside of your house beautifully. Yeah, decorate the inside. We don't do normal Christmas lights. Um, what I like to do is put Christmas bulbs on the trees outside. Oh, that's lovely, too. Which is lovely. You except have to if do there's it a right. Big, yeah, but... unless there's a big wind. Yeah. <laughs> And I know you love Christmas because yeah. you leave those decorations Till up May. most of the year. <laughs> I'm pre- pretty sure I was in your house in the summer and uh, you no. still had garland. It wasn't the... the summer. Okay. It might have been April <laughs> well, or May. Well, let's say late spring then. We'll compromise. But your railing to your upstairs was still decorated with... Uh... Yeah, well, it was beautiful. Yeah, no, it looked lovely.
Very I, warm I, and inviting. I told Coach, I said this year, it's in my family, usually the Christmas lights um, are, are going, or the Christmas decorations, and I want to put the Christmas tree up, um, you know, maybe the week after Remembrance Day, so mm-hmm. the following week. And he's like, mm, it's a little early. Do you know when uh, somebody so says, pretty. a couple of weeks ago, I said uh, something about uh, checking my lottery numbers, and a, and a person texted and said, oh, you should get this app for your phone. It checks them, and, you know, so I did, and it's brilliant. Now, I've always had the ability to check lottery numbers yeah. on my phone, but didn't know it, right? So Christmas lights to me are like, Children and Christmas lights are like an app that I didn't know the house had. Um, so I get the company to put them up on the top level only because it's basically three stories yeah. up that peak, right? Um, but then, like a couple of years ago, I'm like, hey, I've got kids that are adults. They can do it. Yeah, why am I putting up any lights here? So uh, Hunter's now responsible solely for putting up the rest of the lights, but we don't want it done. I think, what's the appropriate time? I think maybe first week in December, probably. Yeah. It's- after Remembrance Day. For sure. So after so like November 14th, 11th. I'd say after November 14th. L- up and lit or just up? Sure. Okay. Because we have quite a bit uh, We have quite a bit that we can we put up. We blow up Santa doll this year? We, we have a tree, not a Santa. It didn't go out last year, but I think it might make a return this year. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.